Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. One of my earliest memories as a person is being in the garden with my mom, who happens to be here today. <laughs> and we lived in West Virginia at the time, in the Appalachian Mountains, a really beautiful place near the Shenandoah River. And I would follow her around when I was like three or four, trying to be a good son and do a good job, scattering the seeds. And I really loved the whole process of breaking open the earth to make it fertile ground, burying the seeds, and then waiting expectantly for something to happen. That part was magical. Once you bury the seeds, something very mysterious was going on under there. And then several months later, of course, it would show up on our kitchen table. Okra, watermelon, spinach. It's interesting to me that that's one of my earliest memories as a person. And I think for my mom, that was a refuge from some difficult times being in the garden. So when I was young, we lived below the poverty line. And my dad drove 60 miles every day to DC to, drove a to drive a cab. I've told you a little bit about that before. And when he wasn't driving a cab, he was generally drunk. So it was a pretty unstable type of situation. So this gardening was a refuge for my mom, and I think the other refuge for her was her religion. Her best friends at the time, Joe and Judy, were evangelical Christians, very passionate about their faith. And so as a really young child, I was always around prayer, charismatic prayer. I had the Bible read to me a lot. Every time we sit down at the kitchen table, it seemed like the Bible was being read to me. And so these are my earliest memories as a person. And then by the time I was a teenager, I considered myself an intellectual with my own thoughts about anything and everything. So I decided I was agnostic at that point. I don't believe it. Uh, but unbeknownst to me, those seeds of faith that were sown in me were still in there, hidden in secret, like seeds buried underneath the ground, just waiting to sprout. So once I got to college and I got involved in a church, uh, which is a longer story, but I found myself in this African-American church, this charismatic style that was similar to what I had seen as a child, those seeds were really reawakened. This faith was awakened in me. Which is why I'm standing here right now. So this metaphor of the seed that is sown is a very rich metaphor for our spiritual lives. Indeed, it's one of Jesus' favorite metaphors, as we hear in the Gospel this morning. The sower sows, sows the seed, uh, and he talks about being good soil for the seed, right? Being receptive to it, first of all, embracing the Word of God. And then being persistent, have, persevering through the difficult times, holding on to that word and living it out. So there are a few insights in particular that I want to focus on about this parable this morning. First of all, again, when we sow a seed, we bury it under the ground, so it's hidden in secret. And often in our lives, especially in the most difficult times, it's hard to see God's blessings. We pray for something and we don't necessarily see it yet. But the fact that it's hidden in secret doesn't mean that it's not there. So in time, all of these blessings that God is putting into our lives can come to fruition. So we live not by sight, but by faith. So that's always a good reminder for me. In time, these things can, can blossom. And the second insight from this metaphor 
is that when you sow a seed, you break open the earth. And often it's the times of our lives when we're broken open that become the most fertile ground for God, for faith. Throughout history, we hear stories of people who turn to God when they've hit rock bottom. That's a very common time to really receive God into your life. And certainly in our lives, when I was a little kid, it was a tough time. So I feel like we were broken open in a sense, and God came into that space. But I want to suggest it's not just in the most difficult times of our lives that we can be fertile soil. For Jesus came long before we did, before we had our struggles, and he gave himself for us. He, in fact, was broken open on the cross for us. So by embracing the story, I think that can really open our hearts to God's word. And I'll tell you a brief story of one of the most powerful religious experiences I ever had in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, when I was in divinity school. I didn't yet have a church home. I was kind of searching for, for my home in that sense. And my best friend invited me to this Monday Thursday service at Society of St. John the Evangelist, which was uh, an Episcopal monastery. It is very beautiful sanctuary. So I went there. It was my first time experiencing the foot washing, which I was deeply moved by. And then by the end of that service, leaving the church in darkness and in total silence, I just felt so intimately close to Jesus on his last night. Jesus, who himself walked into that darkness. And I was just devastated by that in the most holy way. And that was the seed that made me become an Episcopalian, actually. So by accepting Jesus' story and embracing it, this is another way that we ourselves are broken open to become fertile grounds. And so as we approach this table, this rail today, to remember again that last night, Maybe we allow it to change us and to open us up to that story once again in our lives. Certainly, Jesus calls us to follow him, and sometimes to follow him into that darkness, trusting that he is the light. Which is a scary thing. No doubt. Following Jesus in this world, first of all, does not gain you any favors from the world. The Bible says that the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. If Jesus' wisdom were the same as the wisdom of the rulers of this world, they would not have crucified him. Our greatest prophets come along and we usually kill them. It's a sad and devastating fact. So if we're committed to this path, to living out these seeds that have been planted in us, uh, we have to understand that it's not going to be easy. And it's not always going to be what the world tells us to do. So I think this world is so much built on ego and making money and making yourself powerful. And there may be a time for that. Our ego has a function. Uh, but we have to understand that God is calling us to something very different. So we're going against the stream, against the current of what the world wants us to do. So I think the third insight from this parable is when Jesus talks about those thorns that can grow up and choke out the word. The thorns, which he describes as the lure of wealth and all the cares and concerns of the world that come about. And we all have those. We all have an ego. So I think for us, the ability to allow ourselves to be broken open, which is the opposite of what your ego is going to want to do, right? Allow ourselves to be vulnerable with each other is how we make ourselves fertile ground for God's word and for God's work amongst us. And I want to tell you finally a brief story from the mission trip that just modeled this in such a powerful way for me. 
Uh, on the mission trip, each evening, we would have a circle, and we'd go around the circle, highs and lows from the day, and we'd have a spiritual reflection to make meaning out of our experience. And one evening, we were talking in particular about those who are in need and the vulnerable, which is why we were there. And that was toward the end of the week, so we had been building this house for this family. We had volunteered at a food pantry and seen a whole lot of people come through there who needed food. So I think this was really opening all of us to thinking a lot more about this. And so we went around the circle and each youth lifted up something they wanted to pray about, someone they wanted to pray for. And as we ran around the circle, I felt like each person got a little more courage and was a little bit more open. So by the time we got to the middle of the circle, the youth were sharing some very powerful and heavy things. Uh, I have a friend who cuts herself. Um, you know, when girls are really uh, trapped by this image of what they're supposed to look like. And so the youth were getting really open. And I think each person that shared gave the next person more courage to share. So by the end of the circle, some very, very powerful things had been shared. And all of us, I think, were broken open by that. In fact, for about the next two hours, the youth just sat in that emotional space and broke into small groups and were just like supporting each other and crying and talking more about the, the struggles in their lives. It was amazing. I was not expecting that to happen. And I feel like the youth really models what Jesus calls us to do with each other in community. So I came home thinking, as we're doing this visioning process for ourselves as a church, and I think all of us will be participating in this conversation this, this fall and through the, through the year, how can we bring that into the vision of who we are and what we're doing with each other? How can we be more vulnerable with each other and sharing what we're really struggling with? This is difficult. We all put up a face. I have it together. Uh, I'm sure in Southern Marin, as much as anywhere, we all feel like we need to kind of look perfect most of the time. So, but that, in Jesus' parable, is a thorn that chokes out the word, which is that we're all vulnerable, and Jesus comes to us in our vulnerability. None of us can do this alone, the Gospel says. If I were perfect, if I could do this alone, I wouldn't need a community. I wouldn't need Jesus. So we're called to be open with each other in this way. And in some ways, this church is already really good at that. I've shared this story a little bit before about you know my struggles in childhood, or for us as a family. And I think the fact that I feel comfortable sharing this is really a credit to everybody. So my message this morning is let's lean into that more. Make this a space of truly being able to share with each other. When you show up for church on Sunday, it doesn't have to be putting on a face of perfection. Hi, Mark. That's wonderful. So, in terms of becoming the fertile ground for God's Word, let us make ourselves available for this process. Allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Allow ourselves to be changed by Jesus, by God. By Jesus, the good son, who comes and breaks open those parts of our lives that get in the way of being near him and living out the gospel. The good son who scatters the seeds in our lives and waits expectantly for it to bear fruit. May it be so, and may we give ourselves to God. In Jesus' name, amen.
This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.